Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable, the podcast where we explore the top performance habits in both business and life. Now, patience is not normally a trait associated with entrepreneurs. Being goal-driven and growth-focused can make the process of building a business a frustrating one. But today, Tim and Alana sit down to discuss the value they have found in the journey, in learning to love that frustration and creating the building blocks of greatness through cementing in the fundamentals in both your business and life. Many of us can relate to different stages in life where we've decided that we want what we want now and we stamp our foot like a toddler and we've decided enough's enough, it's time to have all of our goals. And you particularly see it with business owners. They're sick of being a size or they're sick of the current challenges their business have and they just say, this is what I want. Great, now I want it. And Lana and Nigel, We see this a lot and we've had to, I guess, learn it ourselves over the years, which is just because you want it right now doesn't mean it happens. And this process that you're going through is the path to everything you want. But navigating that path and understanding the meaning in that path is very important so you don't basically go mad on the journey, which I can say I've done a few times, by the way, and I'm sure you guys would be able to attest to that. But with the fullness of time and maturity and understanding our life's journey as well as our business journey, you can start to calibrate what this process is and why you need to be doing the fundamental things. And Lana, we've, I guess we, you know, we're pretty ambitious by, uh, I guess, other, others' observations. Um, we think we just you know, want to do what we want, but this is something we've had to temper a little bit and I know you particularly have been good for me in terms of not keeping my expectations low but reinforcing some of the things that we get frustrated with about wanting to be somewhere quicker and thinking we have some way of magically doing that because we want it more. Is that your nice way of saying I stop? Temper tantrums. You're a fun police. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm the cooler. <laughs> yeah, okay, cooler, exactly. But this is important for everyone sitting out there that's not where you think you want to be. We sometimes dream of what our business and life can be. We want to be there as quickly as possible so we can start living or we can start enjoying ourselves or we can start getting all those things we wanted money, prestige, power, whatever it is. Uh, whatever delusions in your own mind but we have to talk about this journey and i and i realize there's all these you know the rhetoric around it's the journey not the destination right really easy when you're, you're frustrated and angry to hear that but we do need to start talking about and understanding where we're at in our journey and if we've decided to make the shift of i want to be somewhere else what is that path going to look like And I know we have spoken about this before in other versions of having to go through the pain or having to go through the lessons or having to do the mundane and finding the enjoyment in it. But it is true whether you're a business owner or an employee, the masters of getting where they want make it look really easy because they've done all that heavy lifting for years. 
And they're probably the ones who also understand it's the careful what you wish for. They probably don't want what they thought they wanted years ago because they've started to experience something different. So a different path from what they've seen come up. Yeah, we used to, I, I, well, maybe I should speak for myself. I used to be more worried about competition because you people would start a business similar to yours or you'd see them in the media or you'd see that. And then you realize that the people starting them have no idea about the journey and where you've been if you've been doing it for a few years. And you get less worried about the competition because you actually really understand the path that others are on. And you have to spend all your time on your own path because even wasting that energy on worrying about competition, it doesn't mean you shouldn't watch competition, watch your industry, analyze trends. Alert, not alarmed. Yeah. Oh, did you just make that up or is that something you've picked off a um, Pinterest meme or something? Terrorism slogan, for oh, right. sure. <laughs> is it? Yes. Oh, my God. You're really on fire this morning, aren't you? At, at the airport. Be alert, not alarmed, if you see a backpack by itself. Oh, my God. I hope the editing's good on this podcast, <laughs> Nigel. Um, yeah, so not worrying about the competition and really understanding, okay, how are you going to enjoy your path at the moment? And we're not going to get all woo-woo in this podcast today. We need to talk about the practicalities of where you're at based on where you want to go. And what we're really talking about is how do you not go mad? And, and this is really an important point because you have to understand that where you're at is a reflection of your current ability. And that might sting a little bit for a lot of people because they feel, everyone feels like they're smarter than the next person, right? In their own little world. They feel that they know more, they can do more, but they've just been a little unlucky with a few things or don't quite have the same opportunities as others. And there is the lesson they still have to learn, right? Because everyone feels the same way. And there's people who decide to wear that jacket for the rest of their lives and never break through because that's now something that's defining them. And let's talk about personal or business. And then there are others that say, right, here's where I'm at at the moment. Here's the identified deficiencies. What do I need to change in order to get to the next level? And we've been talking about this actually very recently, which is, all the answers for a business owner right now are in the unknown or in the void. Every answer you've got, you currently don't have access to. But that's moving on the journey through doing the fundamentals over and over again until you crash smack bang into the next answer. Which you probably won't know that you've crashed smack bang into it because you're when you're finding it looking for the next one as you grow and progress. It's never the same question or the same answer. But it is one that I find interesting, uh, particularly younger people or people new to organisations, they often think that they know it all because they've come from a different area of focus. And in smaller business, they will quite often look at the owners and think, I could do it better. And I know, again, we've spoken about this. It's everything else that's going on. It's everyone else's journey or the steps that they're taking is completely different to what you as an individual are. So if you do focus on what they're doing instead of what you're doing, you do miss out on a lot of those lessons and a lot of the the ability to learn for yourself to actually make yourself better. Yeah, it's um it's interesting because it you know as Lana will attest that I'm not very good at sitting and watching professional sports. I'm actually really bad at it. I get really angry, and the reason I'm angry is not because I'm a frustrated ex sportsman. Well, that might be part of it, but it's the anger around 
the stupidity in the crowd. And I know that sounds really egotistical, but let me explain a bit. When you sit in the, in the crowd and you hear all the comments and people talking and analysing players in any field, right? These are the best people at the world at that chosen endeavour, whatever sport it is. And you get there, you know, people sitting back with a hot dog, with a beer, and they're giving this commentary. And the reason I get so frustrated is because, first of all, you should never be negative to people doing their craft at the top level. Like, it's amazing. Everyone who's got to that level is incredible. Just They're the top 1%, right? Even, even less than that. But what people in the crowd don't understand is their awareness isn't on the same level as those athletes. So when an athlete makes a fundamentally stupid mistake, which it looks like maybe a skill error, or they missed that, or they made a pass that just looks so silly because it was picked off or whatever happens. The reason that they made that decision most of the time is because they're analysing another hundred different things, where the rest of the players are, the time in the game, the coaches' um, plan, all these single things. So they're doing what they should be doing, and when it doesn't come off, they look silly. But they're playing a different game at a different level of awareness. And this happens in business a lot where people say, why would they make such a silly decision on that product? Because they understand the game at a completely different level. And if you're a smaller business that's in the journey, you need to actually understand that just because it looks silly to you, it might be that you just aren't playing that game yet. And that why you, what you have to do is focus on your current journey and breaking through the current size, the current um, problem or the things that you need to do in your own business in order to move towards your ultimate goal. And this is where the mundane mastery comes in, doesn't it, Lana? It is doing the things that would on the surface seem mundane, but actually is everything in terms of putting a foundation down that will allow you to get to the next level. To make a pop culture reference that others might understand? Please. Wax on, wax off. Karate Kid. Mr. Miyagi himself, hey? Uh, and it's, it's a great lesson for everyone in business that we can look at and we can forget that just because you're doing something to the left, it doesn't mean it's, going to, it's not going to eventually help you in the future to the right. You can't just jump steps. You can't suddenly be a CEO if you've never done everything to get there. And quite often happens with managers. You'll start to get promoted. You'll start to get more senior. And they'll say, there you go, manage people. But you actually haven't had that process along the way. You've picked up little bits. But it's very rare to have formal management training unless you're in a very big corporate. Yeah, and it's, it's people who want or feel like they could be doing more in their businesses and feel they're ready right now. But actually, you're not ready or you'd be there. And you've got to ask yourself, well, what is that? And Lana talks about formalized management training and, and all these sort of things. But there's a lot of these things that need to happen around in order for you to move to the next level. Sometimes I mean, a basic example would be when you start off, you're probably just doing a lot of your, your business on handshake deals, for instance. But actually, as you start to progress up, you, you get this thing called, I need a contract. And a lot of smaller businesses are proud that they don't have contracts because it's word of mouth. And that's why you know, the courts are full of problems with between people, right? But there's a level of professionalism that keeps having to 
be put in place for you to keep going to the next level. That means having more clients, you need to have different checks and balances, you need to have different protections, you might need to have, um, you need to navigate the legality or the financial impact in different countries, all these sort of things. And this is the point about growing a business that that's a step by step process. And you have to learn every step in order to keep pushing forward. And I'd maybe like to to learn a, or maybe share a story when when I found myself unconscious and in my first kickboxing fight. And I was a really good athlete physically. I would train 12 hours a day. I wanted to be a semi-professional fighter. Why semi-professional? I love the idea of winning a belt. Like, that's really cool. I'm going to win a belt, right? So while I was at university, I wanted to become a fighter in kickboxing. So I get to the point where I've been training for a few years and I want to do my first amateur fight. So I get flown to Sydney to take this fight. Now, I felt pretty good about myself. I was super lean. I was super fit. I was, I was a good athlete, but I didn't have a lot of fight experience. And fight experience is very different than training experience. So I get up to Sydney and... Everyone else who I thought I would fight against in a martial arts competition, which the basically the headline, excuse me, the headline act would be kickboxing. So I got pushed to the main event because there was no one else to fight me. And the people came in and said, the only person that you can fight is a guy with a lot more experience. We suggest you don't take the fight. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's had 128 professional karate fights. And he's a four-time world champion. I'm like, I reckon I've got him. So, and the reason is it wasn't, it wasn't because, well, it probably was that I was overly confident. But the reality is if you're, if you're going to fight, your whole mindset for the last 12 months is no one can beat me. Like you actually have to think that. You're going into a man-to-man combat. So you have to actually have a mindset of, no one can beat me. If someone offers you a fight, how can you say no? Like I've been conditioned for 12 months that I am not going to lose to anyone on this planet, right? Even if it's your first fight, you don't think of I'm going to ease into this. This is literally mortal combat. You, you're going to get hurt if you don't have that. So giving the fighter the choice of whether to take the fight, I couldn't have said no. Like there was no chance in my psyche to do that. So I took the fight. Now, what you realize is experience matters. And what you, you found out or what I found out in the second round as I was really concussed and I knew there was nothing I could do, but there was no way I was going to quit. So this guy's going to either make me unconscious, I'm going to get knocked out, but there was nothing I could do to hurt this guy because he was so much stronger, so much bigger. And I forgot in the story, he was also two weight divisions higher than me. But this is the point and, and the, the reason... I want to share this story is because a lot of business owners want to take that fight and they don't realize that they're going to get smashed in a different game they're not ready for. What I needed was another two to three years of training and another hundred professional fights before fighting a guy like this, right? So obviously I got knocked out and the doctor stopped the fight and all this stuff happened. And what did I learn from that experience is you have to respect the fundamentals and you have to respect knowing each of the nuanced steps before you do that. Now, should I have taken the fight? Absolutely, because you've got to have a smack at it in my life. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. 
But what you learn is to respect the process. Respect where you're at and start doing the things that you need to do to make sure when you get that shot that you are ready for that shot. You're not just lambs to the slaughter. For me, I was lambs to the slaughter. In reflection, by the way. But this is what happens in business, right? Everyone wants to do the things that give you the notoriety, the success, the, you know, the kudos of building a business. But they don't realize that exactly where you are right now is because you're missing something to go to the next level. What is it and how do we fix it? And I think you summed it up then when you said you weren't fight fit. You weren't match fit as they call whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say I was unfit. I had zero you, body fat. I was amazing. Fit. You weren't fight fit. You weren't match fit. <laughs> All right, well. You'd done your training. Well, that, that cuts deep from your wife. <laughs> no, you were fight fit for the fight that you were expecting. <laughs> you weren't fight fit to go up against multiple world champion two weight classes higher than you, 150 fight guy. Yeah, and I, I probably should have picked someone in my own division too because <laughs> can I actually, do you know what the interesting thing was? It, to be honest with you, it ruined my career. And I, I, as, much as, I'm, as much as I'm being... Um, silly because this is a story that you know a lot of people like to give me a little bit of you know you kicked the guy and he started laughing yeah, yeah listen when you kick someone as hard as you can <laughs> and he laughs at you, you you know you've got a problem but in all seriousness when you get an opportunity that's way outside your your division or where you should be fighting if i had probably found another person who was on their first fight that was in my weight division I would have given myself a really good chance to win, right? Because, and I'll give you the example. When the biggest promoter in Australia found out I took that guy on for my first fight, they offered me a feature fight at the biggest fight in two months' time because they said, anyone who's stupid enough to take that, that's the guy we want. I said, I think I'm almost done because I still can't walk and it's three weeks after. But what you do when you take an opportunity and it hurts like that, you start to consider whether you should be doing it, right? And for me at the time, I wasn't ever going to be a professional fighter, but it really made me think of, I didn't have the same appetite that I wanted to win my division because I felt I'd gone up against a world champion. I didn't have a desire to win that and do it for a decade. It was, it was never me, right? I was, I was there for a belt break. It's a bit, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, thinking about it now, it's, I can understand why my parents were very angry about that. But this was the point, right? You've got to make sure you don't destroy yourself before you get the enthusiasm to want to compete at that level. For me, I wanted to compete at that level, but I probably didn't give it my best shot if I'd given it a couple of years. And I would have really enjoyed that experience. Whether I got knocked out or not is irrelevant. But it was wrong at the time because it set me back 12 months anyway just by literally being smashed up and also trying to get back to then find fights and do all that. Really, it, it wasted two years because I took the opportunity too early. I guess the challenge with this is I'm still even here thinking about, but I wouldn't have changed it, right? And so this, is, this has been a bit of an insight for me. But in business, you never want to say no to an opportunity. But while you're setting yourself up for the opportunity, you must be enjoying the fundamentals of knowing I need to get this right. So in the analogy would be, I need to get more experience. So every client you've got now is an experience. Every problem that you fix is building your armor. You can't hate that process and want to be bigger. And this is the fundamentals. We were talking about a book the other day, guys, which was the um, um, Chop Wood, Carry Water. I think sorry, the name sort of escapes me, but it's a brilliant little book. And 
just talks about the fundamentals of becoming a samurai archer. He just talks about the same thing that it takes 10 years to every day wake up, chop wood, carry water, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. We might put the link below because it's worth, worth a read. In business, most people give up after the first one or two years of doing the fundamentals. And Lana, we see it a lot, which is it's every email. It's every follow-up. It's every tweak to try and be better in every part of your business consistently. It just doesn't happen. When you look at your martial arts story, and when I say fight fit versus training fit, and when you look in your business, it is everything that happens around it. It's all the periphery. So a sales email comes in. If you're match fit, you know exactly what that email means. You know how long it's going to take to close. You know all the steps that it's going to take. You know the tactics, how you're going to talk. If it's the type of, um, say, opportunity that you're used to. Correct. If you're not used to it, if you haven't seen it before, if it's a I don't know, multinational conglomerate and you're used to mum and pup businesses or something like that, yep. you don't yet have the knowledge, the education, you don't know how to approach it. And so similarly to the fight, it's all the steps that you have to learn to get up to being ready to work with a multinational. You can't do it as your first off the cab. You can, but it's, you're going to learn a lot and you need them to be friendly. Yeah, just let me jump in for one second. We really aren't saying don't take opportunity. No, we're talking about the processes that need to come behind taking the opportunities. Because if you, you're just starting out and Macca say, come and work with us, you're going to approach that very differently than if you've been working in the industry for a very long time, if you understand what they need, even as simple as reporting. Very big companies require different reporting to very small companies because they're going to ask better questions. And it is this idea of when we talk about you know, progressive steps and doing the same thing again and again, I've always seen it as it's not the actual steps that you learn from, it's everything that happens around doing those steps. It's the confidence that you get, it's the intuition that you get, it's the insight that you get that when something comes up and you've seen it before, you know how to deal with it. So you're not having to think, how do I deal with this or work with this while doing it? I think that is really interesting because the only the only thing I differ with is we've seen a lot of businesses that actually start with big contracts. So you see a lot of people that move from the corporate world, start their own business and actually start with a big multinational because there's a relationship. And the reason that they can do that is because they're used to that environment and they get their hand held for that contract because a lot of the time it's that client wanting them to work on a part of a contract. So they give them all the sort of missing pieces and they're used to working in that sort of corporate level. When you're a smaller business and you may not have ever had that experience in that environment, you've got to realize you're missing a lot of the nuance of that environment. You, it doesn't mean you can't start there, but if you've never had experience in that game, well, you're going to really struggle. You're going to have to fill some gaps or you're going to have to have someone hold your hand through that because you need to nav- navigate the landmines. And the flip side of that is, and as off, it does happen quite often, you will start with a big client because you worked with them at the place that you used to work at. So they come along because they know you. Yep. What you miss out on that smaller businesses who have built up know, how do you get your next one? How do you land your next fish? You're absolutely correct. And you see these people get really frustrated. Oh, they get really excited. I've got my first client. It's going to be really, really great. This is easy. Look, big client. Everyone makes contract. it so hard. Yeah. What's your problem? 
And then, well, you have to get another six of them. Cool. You get three referrals from that person. That's really, really great. But then you have to bring on a team to manage them. You have to continue to make sure that simple things like invoices are going out correctly. You have to make sure that you're servicing them to a higher level because if you need to keep them as a client, you always need to over-service. This is service-based. Or the relationship that you got the contract with leaves and so you're now under review. But you actually don't know you got it because you knew the person, they liked you and it was trust built or something like that. So actually you've missed all the fundamentals in which you're, mm. you're talking about. And so there are these two sides of the process that you talk of is, and it doesn't matter big, small in between. If you don't know in service-based businesses how to keep clients happy while running your business, that's the fundamentals that you learn if you're smaller building up. In product, it's that intuition of, not only knowing if a product's going to work, who are you going to work with? Who are the manufacturers that you're going to do it with? If there's faults, knowing in- instinctively when a product comes in, if it's wrong, how fast can you get it back? What is that going to mean on your yep. delays all the way through the chain? And this is why uh, we used to have a lot of millennials in the office and they'd get really excited about the next cool thing or the next cool influencer. And it was, I could never get excited. I love that they were, but I couldn't get excited by this coolness because I could see what happens next. Because I'd seen it so many times before, I'd experienced so many times before, that very few people are willing to push through once it gets hard. Once that repetition gets really, really boring, sending out another email, checking another fabric swatch, having to deal with another management issue. If you don't have that love for what you're doing and actually loving the fundamentals, having to do the fundamentals again and again to actually grow is soul-destroying. I agree. I think that's where the real entrepreneurism comes in, which is not the big, huge, grandioso ideas of changing the world. The real, the, the real entrepreneurial in SMEs is when you've got a problem with limited resources, how do you navigate that in an entrepreneurial way? How can you set different terms to get what you want? How can you use limited resources to navigate what you're trying to do? Time, money, energy, whatever it is, that's when you're going to have to keep applying your entrepreneurial nous. You have to keep finding a way to find a solution when you are limited in basically every way at, at a certain level. And the answer is not more money. It's, it's not, not spending no, that'll, more cash. That'll get you deeper into problems. And that's usually people who've come from corporate. Yep. Just spend more money there. Yeah, it's not, it's not expensive. Just do it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's great. And I think whenever the answer is, I'll just throw money at it, I always look at what fundamentals have happened to get us here. And going back to the football analogy, years ago um, in AFL, so Australian football, a team called Port Adelaide missed the goal on the siren, so they lost by two points. And everyone was getting very angry at the footballer. And the coach came out and said, we didn't lose on the last kick. We lost in the first half and he went through everything that had happened to mean that it was down to the fact that you had to kick a goal. And it's this idea of the process to get to the goal at the end has to be great. It has to be perfect. You have to have gone through it or you're not going to be able to kick that goal. And everyone just wants to get to the goal at the end to win instead of focusing on everything that leads up to it because it's not, it's not always exciting. No. And, but it can be if you recognize it. And 
and this is the point we're talking about it from two different angles when you start up and you're really struggling to get your first client to maybe where you start your business because you've had a really great opportunity or contract presented to you and you start you're still going to have to learn all the steps in between and so there's no free pass there and and the key to this is well who are you again in the business and what steps are you prepared to to actually learn and what steps do you have to outsource or you have to change the way in which you navigate them now the issue is a lot of business owners say they work hard but they work hard on the things they understand and i am definitely one in the school of thought that you work on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses but sometimes you don't have a choice because you don't have the resources to outsource your weaknesses at the level in which they need to be to be successful in that outsourced problem so in that period of time which is generally the startup period where you're very short on capital very short on time where you're being pulled in all these different directions that's when you're going to have to work out how do i put in the right amount of hard work in those areas to get what i need to progress you'll never be the best at that but you're the only one right now and you can't resent that so we see it a lot with financials smaller businesses sub to five million dollars still don't know their financials well enough and they still think it's their accountant's problem you know we've spoken about this a lot for anyone who's a listener by the way thanks for listening but second of all We've, we've spoken nearly 100 podcasts. If you don't know your numbers now, you really got to start thinking about whether you should be in this game. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, depresso over here, but that's one of the rules is mind your own business. And your own business is the numbers in which it generates so you can understand the storyline that's occurring. There is no excuse. You don't rely. That's not one thing you can outsource to your accountant. You can do the fundamentals to your accountant let them prepare tax, make sure the numbers are in right, all the sort of things that you need to do from a regulatory point of view. But you need to understand the story because the numbers are your storybook. It tells you everything that's happened, that's happening, and you can predict what's going to happen in the future a lot better when you understand that storyline. And what's important about that story is that if the numbers are down, just say, if you know the story, then you don't actually stress out that much. If you see that numbers are down and you don't know what it means, I've seen it, I've experienced it, you freak out. We should be making X amount a month and we're not. Well, hang on. What is the story as to why we're not? And it's not often the solution, but it provides you the path to what to do next. And it comes back to if you've done the fundamentals, you see the problem and you can fix it. If you haven't actually experienced it before, if you don't know your numbers, if you don't know what's going on in the business and you suddenly hit our numbers are down, that's when freakouts happen and that's often when people make the wrong decision or decision from not enough knowledge. Yeah. Think about this. You're on a boat in the ocean and someone says, we're sinking. Where do you begin? Or someone says, we've got a hole in the left-hand side of the hole. Great. Everyone's in solution mode about where the problem is and the options we have to fix it. Both of them are the same result or expecting the same result. One of them is running around like a headless chook trying to identify the problem. The other one is understanding where the fundamental issue is and, and spending all our collective energy on that problem until we find a solution. In that is the small business problem. 
they really don't know the problem and they're still trying to solve everything. Perfect for this time of year. It's currently end of November, coming into the New Year's resolutions period of life. A lot of people around the world are looking at their lives and looking at their businesses and thinking, is this what I want? Am I actually happy? Part of these fundamentals, if you take it away from the business, is also looking at your responsibility to yourself. If you're not happy in your business, have you gone and done the fundamentals to figure out why? Yeah, what are the steps that you've jumped over because no one's held you accountable yet? But you're not allowed to jump over and not learn those lessons in order to move forward. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous time because people are looking around thinking, is this what I want? Before you make rushed decisions and before you suddenly go and change your entire lifestyle because you're having a bad day, this is the perfect time for business owners to actually take that accountability onto themselves. Because I'm sure everyone's experienced it at some point or another where you think, am I doing what I want? It's, it's no different now, okay? There's a pandemic happening, which is probably pushing people towards the question more, but it's up to you to take those fundamental steps to figure out, are you actually not happy in your business or are you just having a rough time or do you want to pivot or innovate or whatever it might be? But it's this idea of personal responsibility to actually get to the answer so that when you take the steps, they're in the right direction. Because if you go and take the wrong steps and it puts you in the wrong direction, you only have yourself to blame. Yeah, it's, it's time to take complete responsibility, which is one of the key steps you learn from doing the right things every single day. And the right things don't mean everything running smoothly. The right things is putting your energy in the tasks that have to be done in order to progress. And when we, I guess the illusion of this is for a lot of people see business owners and they see them doing something or making a hell of a lot of money and say well that looks really easy i could just do that like it's like looking at amazon and going you know what i'm just going to start a bookstore and i'll be amazon no 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 no. it's easy because of the way they fundamentally think about their business and the model behind what they're selling in smaller businesses you look at someone who can do something and you think, well, that looks easy, I'll just do it. And you have not accepted that there'll be thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and challenges that you need to overcome in order to make it look easy. And, you know, Nigel, we used to, you know, I used to be a little bit of a, a prick on our pinball machine, right? Which is I used to love watching people play. We've got a pinball machine in the office. I'm I'm a bit of a pinball collector even though my collection's a bit small at the moment so I'm going to have to get a few more but watching someone play pinball for the first time for me it was more interesting in their approach to a game that they've never played before because there's a lot of flashing lights there's a lot of different things happening and most people don't even understand that it's not just a machine of flashing lights there's actually a game in it and you play a game and there's a sequence and there are things you can unlock and there's a, there's a way of doing that. But it's the same in business where it's how people approach their business and how people approach their life. Some people just think they're in business too. I'm going to sell this widget and then I'll sell two more widgets tomorrow. And they wonder why they struggle because they're not really understanding that that's not even the game. They don't understand the game they're truly playing to go to the next level. 
and things that they're going to need to master. We spoke yesterday to a group of 50, Nigel, 50 people there, you know, business professionals. And we had to remind them or we had to discuss with them that you're not the role you think you are. You still think you're the technician that started that business, not the owner and the responsibilities that come from that. And that's a huge shift because when you understand your actual role, you start to fall in love with the process of we need to do this every single day and then build upon it, not do something inconsistently and then wonder why we're always frustrated, which is that chop wood, carry water, improve. Don't try and swing for the fence too early without still doing the fundamentals. But by the way, you should be swinging for the fences a lot of the time. Have to, because that's the fun, right? A lot of you out there listening is the fun's still to have the swings at it. That's that's part of the journey, but not at the cost of doing everything else well. And and not if it's going to make you disheartened. You have to be strong enough to swing and miss and keep going. Yeah. Be bold. Like I won't go into another story, but I won't talk about the same lesson I learned because I've got to learn things twice because I'm a bit slower than the average person. But when I decided to do my first surfing trip at the biggest waves in the world, you know, that was a, a near drowning experience. But we'll talk about that. But it's the same fundamental principle, which is you can have a go at something, but you can't be upset by being smashed around in it. I just happen to choose things that are physically very dangerous for me <laughs> that I've tried to reduce in years since knowing you really, Lana, the more we've matured in our life. But there's, there's nothing like getting a phone call from your then boyfriend's friends just laughing down the line. <laughs> he didn't drown today. <laughs> there was no context, just laughing hysterically, followed by a photo of Tim. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that's a story for another time, I think. But I guess this is what, we're, what we want to really talk about is where are you in your business right now and where are your frustrations? And are the frustrations because you want to be somewhere else and refuse to do the work? Or are the frustrations that you feel you're doing the work, but perhaps it's the wrong work? Where do you find most of the problems occurring in your business? What are the fundamentals that, are, that need to be followed every single day? Because when you identify that and you start to systemize that, it doesn't mean you have to do it every single day. That's when you can bring in additional resources. But you won't get a free pass and think you're smarter than everyone else in the whole world by jumping the fundamentals because what happens if you just put more volume onto a system that doesn't work? It just falls down faster. Like look at the analogy of building a building. If you don't they spent most of the time getting the foundations right and then the building goes up pretty quick. There's a reason for that. It's a universal law that you must get the foundations right in order to support the rest of your infrastructure. That's why it's important with all the things we're talking about is where are you trying to skip in the, in the foundation building? Where are you trying to get ahead because you've decided you want to be bigger and more successful? And do you actually want to get there and put volume on something that's not working? The answer isn't just more clients unless your foundations are right and you can take them. So for everyone listening out there, don't be disheartened by recognizing that there are cracks in your business. There should be. And by the way, your business will be great at different stages of your business. 
But as you grow, cracks will reappear because they have to, right? You have to break down your foundations as you move through the different levels. But enjoy that process. I mean, Lana wrote our systems for our first proper business and then three months later had to rewrite the whole thing again, three full binders of it. And the reason is because you keep evolving, but that's part of the lesson. Others would look at that as a complete waste of time and we looked at it as a great evolution of doing the right things because that was the process that needed to happen. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what do I need to do next? Look at the fundamentals that your business needs to follow. See whether you execute them consistently. See whether that execution leads to the result you want. And then while you keep doing that day in, day out, start to slowly layer up the next level of thinking, the next level of actions, until you get that compounding effect that takes your business to the next level. Lana, Nigel, good to chat. Let's do it all again next week. See ya. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.